You're listening to the Choose to Be podcast with host Alana Gordon and Amy Wolsey. As you join us each week, we will provide you with tools, resources, and knowledge to help you navigate your healing journey. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you. Welcome to the Choose to Be podcast. Thank you all for joining the conversation today. We're talking about the importance of honoring your voice, honoring yourself, and really being able to hone in on what you need. This is something that is incredibly hard for a lot of us, especially women, to get curious about, to stop and actually take time to ask ourselves, what do I need and how can I honor myself today? This one I think is incredibly important, especially for you women who have been in relationships long enough to where you are now in this place where you've lost your voice, where you've forgotten that what you think and what you feel actually matters. I can 100% relate to this. In fact, I didn't realize that I had lost my voice because I always felt like I was a pretty independent woman my whole life pretty vocal. And so it was a shock to me when I, through my own therapy, realized that I had lost my voice because of that mental and emotional abuse gaslighting that can come quite often with someone who is struggling in addiction. So I'm excited about today's topic. So I'm going to start off by asking you, Alana, what other reasons do women lose their voice and stop honoring themselves? It's a complicated question because I think it's different for everybody. And I don't think it happens only within the context of a relationship. There are many women who were taught at a very young age as girls to make their voice smaller, to shut down those feelings, to not be dramatic, to not be too loud, to not be too big. All of these messages culturally of telling them to be smaller. And then in a relationship that also can happen is this idea or desire to be Christ-like, to give the other person a voice, but doing it at the consequence of shutting down your own voice. Then you throw in for women who have become mothers, sometimes through just the basic path of motherhood, you are giving and putting in a place where you literally are giving of your body, of your milk, of your time, of your energy, of your sanity sometimes to other people then even in that, if we're not careful, we can lose ourselves. So we've got these cultural aspects that play into it. We have the relational aspects that play into it. And then we also have our own individual stuff. Sometimes there is this deep, righteous desire to be humble. But sometimes that humility can, again, be taken a little out of proportion or out of context to where we downsize what we really do need, what we think, what we feel, what we believe. And so we can lose ourselves in just this human experience of us trying to figure out how to live on this earth. Absolutely. I love what you just said. So I think the first step really would be learning to recognize what we do need and asking ourselves that question, taking time (laughs) to ask ourselves, what do I need right now? Interesting thing. I was in a training recently and it talked about with trauma, 
this really important need to help women start to recognize again what they need. Because with the trauma, you can become disassociated from your body, from your feeling, from your experiences. And as you're trying to reintegrate your life, you really do have to start asking these questions of what do I need? And as you ask these questions of what do I need, then figuring out what of these needs can I do for myself? What of these needs am I empowered with that I can actually start doing a little bit of my own? What things do I need that I need to ask somebody for help for, which is really hard and uncomfortable? Which things do I need that I really have no control over, but I'm putting a ton of energy into the fact that I need it, but I really don't have control over it. But it all starts with what you just said. That question of figuring out what do I need? Because I've been asking women in my groups this week after week, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? When we first started, it was so hard for some of these women to stop and go, what do I need? I don't know what I need. And usually in the beginning, it's, well, I just need him not to act out. I just need my kids to do this. Well, I just, and it's things that you really have no control over. But as you start to ask yourself this question and sort through it, you notice your responses start to change a little bit. Yeah, I've noticed that too. I love that you brought that up. Isn't that is very interesting? Something that you just said makes me think again to this word of self acceptance, accepting where we are at right now and what we need. I think accepting all of it, all of the mess, all of the beautiful, all of the talents and skills and great things that we have, but accepting the mess. There's a lot of self-acceptance, I think, that needs to happen for us to be able to assess what we need. Because I see a lot of women recognizing maybe they're, they're in anger. I'm feeling really angry and I just need the anger to go away. But if we accept that we're in this place of anger, okay, now what do you really need? Asking yourself what you need is an act of self-compassion. It's one of the most self-compassionate things you can do is to ask yourself that and just slow down and pay attention with what comes up with that and then doing your work around that. Yeah, it brings a lot of understanding and a lot of self-love. I love that. One thing we hope to tackle today when we're talking about honoring yourselves is sometimes for us, it can help to see the ways that we're not honoring ourselves, which then helps us go, oh, I can show up for myself in this way. I can have a voice in this way. So we've come up with a couple examples of ways that we may not honor ourselves and not even realize we're doing it. And this list by no means is exclusive. This list, if you're doing any of these, this is not a tool to shame you because the reason we were able to throw these down is both of us have done them ourselves. We have worked with many women who have also dealt with this. But the first thing I have frequently seen is the saying no when you mean yes or saying yes when you mean no or really just giving the answer somebody else wants because you don't want them to feel bad. Oh, that people pleasing. Big time. I love this one so much in the sense of 
like you, I see this a lot. And we're going to have an episode on boundaries, but I think this one is key in that we invite a lot of boundary violations when we are honest with ourselves and others. So I think a big part of honoring yourself is being honest with yourself. Being honest with where you're at right now. Like I mentioned earlier, if you're in angry phase, just own it. Be honest about it. If you're irritated today, own it. It's that awareness of where you're at and accepting it. That is honoring yourself, not shaming yourself or judging yourself or feeling what you're feeling. And I think a big important piece of this is part of honoring yourself is honoring it in a way that you feel good about. So if you have all of the anger in the world, for me, I'll speak for me, if I were to go and scream at my kids or I were to throw a chair at my husband, yes, I've done that. I don't feel good about that situation. I don't feel good about myself. That's not honoring myself. But that anger does need a voice. It does need to be released. And so finding healthy ways to be able to express that. And I remember with my therapist, he said, Alana, Luke has a therapist to help him. He's a big boy. You can tell him when you're angry. And I said, but I don't think I can do that. I don't know how to have a voice. I don't know how to voice that. And I don't know what the consequences will be to my voicing that. And here's the truth bomb that I got that I did not want to hear is I was asking him for complete honesty and complete transparency. And I said, for me to be in a relationship, that is essential. I will not be in a relationship without honesty and transparency moving forward. Yet I wasn't willing to be honest and transparent with him. Now, I couldn't do that till I worked out and figured out what I was feeling and what I was experiencing. But I realized for me to be in a relationship, I wanted to be that honest and transparent person. So I had to learn to honor my voice so I could also show up in the relationship in a healthy way. I love that you just said that and what comes to my mind, and this could be a whole other podcast, but is that's what creates true intimacy right there. When you break that word down into me, see, you have to be able to see into yourself and know where you're at and accept where you're at, what you're thinking, what you're feeling and accepting all of that, communicating that and then him doing the same. That is beautiful connecting intimacy. So if that's what we're wanting, if our goal is intimacy, then this is necessary to create that on your part. A thought came to me in explaining more about what honoring looks like. Okay, Amy Alana, you're telling me to honor myself and my emotions. What does that even look like? And you gave a great example of that. And here's another one that I find myself doing better at is when I do feel an, a, a negative emotion, I feel it in my body. Where is it in my body? I give it a name. I give it a color. I identify as it spiky, hot, cold. That's feeling it. And then when I'm in that place and I'm okay with the negative, I'm not judging myself. I'm not shaming myself. I'm not in victim mode by blaming someone else for feeling that. It's just all there. 
then I can decide if this is something that I need to communicate, which the majority of the time it is. Give it a voice. That right there is where I find it very, like you were saying, very difficult for women to take that next step is we probably do a good job at feeling it. And we can probably do a good job at actually feeling it, naming it in our body, all that. But then when it comes to voicing it, communicating, hey, I'm actually feeling a lot of anger. Why is it so scary to give it a voice? Because I think that goes along with honoring. Usually it's we're afraid of the consequences. And consequences, not in a good or bad term, but we're afraid of hurting somebody's feelings. We're afraid of them getting upset. We're afraid that it won't come out the right way. Sometimes we're afraid that if we open up that dam that has all of these feelings that have been backed up, that it will all come rushing out. So there's a lot of fears that can show up and stop us from honoring our own voice. And one thing I want to quickly pull in too is about feeling your feelings is there is this great quote that said, with our feelings, we don't want to let them drive the car, but we're not going to throw them in the truck either. And so with that, I imagine your feelings can have a voice, but they're going to be buckled in the back seat and you get to be the one driving the car. So you get to be the one who is in control. So as you're starting to practice voicing your feelings, as you start to practice honoring them, they're not the ones driving the car. They're not the, it's not the feelings that are showing up and it's, I'm so mad at you because you da da da, or I'm so sad and I can't even get the words out because of that. It's no, those feelings are there. They're buckled in the back seat, but me, myself, me and my wise mind that takes my logic and it takes my emotion and together helps me really anchor into me, that's who's going to show up and talk. But the big thing I want to point out is if you're listening to this and you go, I don't think I'm capable of that, this is a process to get there. And so it may start with the littlest way of honoring your voice. It may just start with you saying, I'm not going to have this conversation with it may start with you saying something really little as, ouch, and then leaving the room. It may have to start really little. What, sometimes when you hear things like this, and we give an example, like a really healthy way of expressing something you're feeling would be, I felt really triggered when I was at the grocery store with you and there was those magazines on the rack. My story is that you were looking at them and I completely did not feel like enough. And it is just really difficult for me to be out in public with you. Okay. I say that. And what I did there is I, I voiced the trigger. I talked about the story that I created with it. I looked at the meaning that I was making from it and I let them know where I was at. Now, I can say that sitting here with years of recovery work, not actually being in a trigger. I'm not dealing with the fight, flight, or freeze right now. So we hear this sometimes and go, I'm not doing that. So I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I can't ever do that. And it really does have to start with wherever you're at. Love that you just said that. And I want to... 
reiterate something that you said at the beginning of that, because I think it's so powerful that part of honoring yourself can be saying nothing at all. That is a lesson that I learned a big time and I'm so grateful for that tutoring because there were so many times where I felt like I had to give a response or answer. This was particularly due to someone who was continually verbally and emotionally abusing and I felt like I had to either correct or clarify or respond or give an answer and realized that I didn't have to. And that when I stopped, when I realized that I did not have to answer, all of a sudden I felt so much of that self-respect come back. And that was a beautiful thing. Exactly, Amy. And when you start honoring your voice or honoring whatever it is you need in the time, if you need to create safety and you create safety for yourself, when you honor yourself, that starts to build that self-trust. Yep, absolutely. So here's a heavy one. What about having sex when I didn't want to? There's so many layers to this one. Culturally, a lot of women are taught that a man has to have sex. A relationship has to have sex. And it's her duty to provide that. And if she's not providing that, then she's not being a good wife. And with that pressure can come some really unhealthy sexual patterns, especially when we're dealing with sexual addiction. So I want to say this really slowly and really clearly that a man is not going to die without sex. You don't ever have to have sex when you don't feel like you want to. That's just it. When you are not in a place to want to have sex, you don't ever have to. You get 100% over your ability to say yes or no with having sex. And you are not a bad person if you do not have sex. Thank you. I remember making a boundary when I started learning what healthy sexuality really looked like. And learning about consent, it took me into my 30s before <laughs> I really learned about consent. And we'll probably do a whole episode on that. <laughs> but when I started learning this and I started learning that I actually could have boundaries around sex and not boundaries in a way of like putting walls up against my husband, boundaries in a way that said, no, you can honor yourself and you can take care of yourself in this way. It was freeing for me. And so one of my big boundaries was, is I'm not going to engage with him sexually unless I feel emotionally connected and if I feel safe. If I have those two things in place, then I will allow myself to make the choice of whether I want to engage or not. But those were boundaries I put in place for myself that were so healing. Absolutely. And I'm going to just, because I want to move on to the next one, but I want to put this out there that this is a big topic that a lot of women have a hard time wrapping their head around because of the culture and the just what we've been told our whole lives as women, many of us. So if you are finding yourself having a hard time wrapping your head around this, then we encourage you to meet one on one to have someone help you unravel those unhealthy thought patterns around honoring yourself sexually in this way that you have the right to say no and when. And I'll just put on that too. 
is for men and women alike. When I do my men's groups and we talk about sexuality, one thing I teach them is making sure that they are not consciously or subconsciously pressuring their wife because that pressure is the quickest way to kill your partner's sex drive. It is such a deterrent to her. Well, A, it affects her ability to choose. And B, when you feel that pressure for both of you, it changes the whole dynamic of the experience. And so I'm just going to put that plug and we'll dig into that one a whole lot deeper in a future episode. So stay tuned for that. Absolutely. That'll be a good one. Okay, another way that we don't honor our voice is when we're trying to hold his pain when we're absolutely dying inside. Mm. We are crumbling in a puddle of mush on the floor, but yet we're trying to be there for him in his pain. How do you honor yourself in those situations? I think part of it is recognizing your desire to be there for him. Your desire to be empathetic is Christ-like, but we can't do it at the expense of ourselves. So the analogy that if you've been in the recovery world for very long, I'm sure you've heard a hundred of times is on the airplane, you have to put on your mask first before you put on somebody else's. I think about if a plane were actually going down and you didn't put yours on first and you were helping everyone around you, people would literally think that is ridiculous. Get your mask on. Yet in the recovery world and in the rest of our life, where we almost give people these like badges of honor because they're sacrificing to the, themselves to the point of they have nothing to give. They are dying, but they're making sure everyone else is taken care of. And we call that beautiful and courageous and brave. And the reality is it's ridiculous. Absolutely yep. take care of other people. But you take care of yourself so you can take care of other people. We just have it backwards, yet we call that self-sacrifice to the point of losing ourselves Christ-like. And I personally do not think that's what Christ intended. 100% agree. Okay, another way that we don't honor our voice is, this is a good one, keeping up with the house. So what if we have a spouse who has this expectation that we need to have the house clean when he gets home from work or our own expectation that the house needs to be cleaned, that laundry needs to be washed and folded and put away and all folded like the stores have them folded and stacked in the drawers, floors swept all the time, no messes. What about that? laughing because I'm I've been in my office all day working and I'm and I will admit there's been times that I'm going oh my gosh I know I'm gonna walk out and it's gonna be a mess I'm almost at a loss for words because <laughs> I felt this so deeply and here's the thing the message I got as a young woman and I don't know who gave it to me because it wasn't my mom but I thought to be a good wife and mother a good woman in this world that I had to have a clean house, that somehow my clean house was associated with my value and my worth. 
which is so problematic because when we actually believe that, our house is something that sometimes we can't control. When you have kids, you have other people living there. When life stressors come, then does that mean that your value now goes up and down with the cleanliness of your house? I felt that. I absolutely felt that failure as a woman when my house was not being kept up with. And it was an exhausting way to live. That being said for me, coming out of that and pushing back against that was not easy. Not easy at all. Because what's happening is that we're moralizing things that were never intended to be moralized, like our house. Just like you said, we put a good and bad and right and wrong to that. If I don't do, if the laundry isn't folded, it's wrong, I'm wrong. If the floors are dirty, it's bad, I'm bad. And we don't realize that we're doing this. I didn't realize that I was doing that. And once my awareness kicked in and I saw how many things I was moralizing that were never intended to be and how much I made it about my worth, that checklist, you know, okay, if I do this, I'm moving my way up to being 100% to being enough. And I'm a good enough wife, good enough mother, good enough housekeeper if I do these things. And if I didn't, just like you said, then I dock off some points. So paying attention to what you are moralizing and how you're making that mean something about you is really important. It's interesting. I'll be curious. I'd love for you to reach out and let me know what you find with that. Because once I started recognizing, I would be like, oh my gosh, Scott, I'm doing it here too. Oh my gosh, Scott, I'm doing it here too. It just, my mind blew up because I didn't realize how much I was doing that. Well, and what's really interesting about this example too is sometimes honoring myself with my house is cleaning it. Sometimes it's, you know what? That actually will feel really good if I take the time and to clean up my house is going to take that self-care for me. Other times where I have nothing to give, I know I need to go to bed, it's letting the dishes sit in the sink and going to bed. And so it really does come back to that where we started taking the time to be aware of what we need. Sometimes I need to go to sleep. Sometimes I have extra to give and I need a little self-care and doing the dishes might be my self-care. So it can look, the same situation can look different at different times. Yep. It, when you said that, it just made me think of the word intentionality. What is your intention in doing the dishes? Is it to make yourself feel like you're better and more enough or not? So asking yourself, why am I doing this? Maybe. That's good. I love it. Our goal for this episode was really to just give you a little snapshot and start you thinking about what honoring you looks like. And so we want you to slow down, to pay attention, to start recognizing your needs on a daily basis. And then you be the one who's willing to show up and start doing that for yourself. Instead of being a place of waiting for other people to fulfill your needs, Instead of being in a place of waiting for things to change or things to get better, you start doing little things that start showing up for you. You start having a voice, not so so so-and-so will do something different, not so your kids will listen better, not so your husband will show up in a certain way. You start voicing things because it's honoring you and doing it in a way that feels honoring to you. So thank you everyone for joining our conversation today and perhaps the invitation or practice work that you can do this week is take some time to ask yourself 
every day, what do I need? And notice what comes up for you, even if it's uncomfortable, even if your brain's like, well, we don't have time to even ask this question. Right there is something really important just to be aware of because that shows you where you're at right now along your journey. We hope you have a wonderful day and we will see you next time. We are so glad you joined us today. If you feel today's conversation not only benefited you, but maybe you have someone else in mind that would benefit from this conversation as well, then please feel free to share this podcast. I know for myself, I would have appreciated additional resources years ago when I felt so alone. Remember, one of the most powerful ways that we can honor ourselves is to choose recovery, to choose healing, and to choose you. Take care, everybody.